Now, I used to live in Switzerland. We have lots of tunnels through our mountains in Switzerland because you, know, you pretty much have to. Anyway, so I see an illness or disease as a mountain. We're trying to mm -hmm. dig a tunnel through. So what we hope to do is meet in the middle. We're drilling through on one, on one side with all of the physical things that we would do for health, scans and treatments and medicines and physical therapy and all of those things. But on the other side, we must address the energy and the emotion that created the illness or disease in the first place. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We are taking a bit of a different route today. We're talking to Christy Clemens, who is someone who is very developed spiritually, and we're going to get into some interesting topics today and subtopics. With that said, I always preface this if someone is coming on and has um, a lot of talk regarding God or spirituality or whatever. I don't preface it if someone just mentions it once or twice, but when it becomes a core part of the podcast, this is something I always need to mention. As a podcast and as a podcast host, one of my jobs is to be open. I have to listen to a variety of people, and I want to listen to a variety of people. I am not so arrogant as to assume that I have all the answers to this earth. However, you have to stand for something, otherwise you will fall for anything, right? I do believe in that as well. So there's certain things that I stand for. There are many beliefs that I have, and some of them overlap with our guests today. Some of them do not overlap. The bottom line is we're always going to bring in a variety of people because that's what we want to do. We want to let you decide for yourself what you think is correct and what you find resonates with you. That's not our decision to make. What we are caring about are people who have overcome health challenges regardless of how they did it. If this was a religious podcast, sure, there would be certain things that I would omit depending on what religion I am. But that's not what this is. This is people who have gotten healthy and we honor their stories regardless of how they did that. So I hope that you guys enjoy this today. I think it will resonate with a lot of our practitioners. But if it doesn't, just remember, hey, it was a cool story. You're glad you got to hear it, probably. And then you can move on to the next thing. But what I cannot do is ever allow myself, I promised this. And if you've been listening for a while, you know I've actually mentioned this promise that I made to myself uh, many, many years back. I was never, ever going to let myself become so dogmatic that I started to create the same problems for others as many Western medicine practitioners unintentionally created for me. What does that mean? It means that people, especially those in Western medicine, but this is not exclusive to them at all, they find something that works, they learn only one thing, and because of that, anything else is gibberish. 
It means nothing. It's not even worth investigating. And that's why it's very hard sometimes to convince Western medicine practitioners of what we're doing, despite having clear evidence and science on it. Now, we're lucky in our community. We have a wide variety of people, including many Western medicine people, including medical doctors that choose to go through our program. So that's amazing. But it is hard to have that that shift in paradigm. But we got to be careful about that on the functional side too. How many times have you heard someone that went paleo and got better and so that's all they promote? How many times have you heard someone that went vegan and got better and now that's all they promote? I don't care what you did. I want to know, did you get better? And that's what happened to our guest today, Christy Clemens. So that's why we are going to talk about her whole, uh, whole story in its entirety. It's something that's actually a sub-passion of mine. I'm very interested in the topic. And I had to hold back a little bit because this is a health podcast after all. But I think you guys will see that passion and that itch that I wanted to scratch uh, come out throughout this episode. So a little bit about Christy. PRS, radio guest of the year and co-author of the best-selling book, The Gap, Simple Steps to Reclaim Your Health and Reverse Most Chronic Diseases. Christy Clemens Hoffman, M-A-C-H-T, is a lifelong intuitive channeler, teacher, coach, and consultant whose passion is assisting others to see who and what they truly are. Using the tools of quantum healing hypnosis technique, otherwise known as QHHT, and other forms of hypnosis, Reiki, angel readings, medical intuition, channeling, mediumship, and Akashic records, Christy helps clients with questions about their spiritual growth, unlocking answers about life purpose, past lives, health, relationships, and more. Christy loves all things history, languages, art, and culture, and is located in the Kansas City metropolitan area where she lives with her daughter, their dog, and two cats. Definitely a different type of episode today, one that is, regardless, again, of your beliefs, pretty hard to not listen to. I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. One more quick thing before we start. I just wanted to thank you guys, actually, because I looked on Apple Podcasts today and I realized we had 70 perfect five-star reviews for the time that we've been doing this podcast. My goal is to get us to 100 perfect five-star reviews. I know there will be some hater eventually, but hopefully we can get to that 100 mark before that happens, and we are seven-tenths of the way there. So if you like the content that we're sharing, uh, we'd greatly appreciate if you took a second to leave us a review on that Apple Podcast platform. All right, now to today's episode. All right. Hello, Christy. Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I've been thrilled for this. Yes. So first thing that we have to address today is you are an author um, with Reed, actually, and a few other amazing people. And you guys actually all collaborated to come up with a book. So normally, as people who regularly listen know I normally shout things out at the end, but this is something we had to talk about, in my opinion, in the beginning. Um, so what is the book called? Um, what was your inspiration to be a part of it? I, I'd love to hear more about this for the audience. This book is called The Gap, Simple Steps to Reclaim Your Health and Restore, and, and I'm sorry, and Reverse Most Chronic Diseases, available on Amazon. And yeah, myself, read several other just wonderful and amazing practitioners we're blessed to be able to be part of this. And so my part of it, my chapter is about energy and how energy affects your health, energy being emotion, as well as our energetic system. Cool. Awesome. So I feel like, uh, yeah, because when I looked at your background and then I know reads and I realized that you guys mm -hmm. had collaborated and then you have, if you two alone did it, it'd be an interesting dynamic, let alone add a few other people. in. so, um, that seems pretty cool. I right. I'm excited to kind of dive into that myself. Yeah. And of course, for those listening, that will be in the show notes on, 
um, in our podcast. So you can get that on Amazon. With that said, though, I want to move to kind of the first question we normally start with on this show. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how did you get into this space? Because you serve a unique role, from my understanding, but still no one gets into this space by accident. It's not necessarily one's dream job at five years old. So how did this start for you? <laughs> well, I had already always been interested in the metaphysical, the esoteric, the woo-woo, if you call it, <laughs> and from a very young, young age, but I never knew what to do with it. I never knew that you could do anything with it. I never knew that you could help others or or do healing or make a career of it or or any of that. So about 2010, the bottom fell out of my life. Um, I had one of these dark nights of the souls. Everything kind of fell apart. And I knew that there had to be a bigger reason for it. So I started mm-hmm. investigating karma, past lives, um, energy, all of these things. And I started to learn what it's all about, that there were much bigger truths behind everything that I was experiencing. And then couple that with some health issues. I know that much of your audience are are people like me who've had mysterious health journeys that they're just trying to figure out. So couple the metaphysical and the energetic and the, the karmic type of things I was finding out and learning and taking a deep dive into with the physical stuff. And at that time, I didn't understand how the metaphysical played into the physical health. So I was looking at the traditional health things, the tests and the labs and all of these things. But as I kept diving deeper into the metaphysical and the esoteric into it, I realized what was really running the show here was energy. (laughs) Everything in the body responds to energy and energy is the basis for everything we see around us and that the emotional component even drives the energy behind it. So that was, it was fascinating. It was eye opening, but you find these bigger truths and suddenly nothing else makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've had a few experiences so far in my life where I feel like I know what you mean when you said that last part there, because I had not admittedly always had an interest in this stuff. I was not only an atheist most of my life, but extraordinarily and almost toxically dismissive to anyone else's beliefs. Um, no one taught me that. Admittedly, that was just something I I was a very like see it to believe it person. And obviously, right. once you get deep enough into the space, oh, no, there's plenty to see. So it's not that you can't see it to believe it, but it's not something that you necessarily walk down the street and see as readily as you see someone walking their dog. It's not it's not that type of thing. And so when I first had um, some experiences that opened my eyes to this uh, whole different world, uh, really a part of our world, but whole different world in my eyes, I, I was kind of amazed and also humbled. It was one of the more humbling things I've ever dealt with because I was so adamantly um, opinionated one way about this. And then I'm the one that gets right. the experience like, oh, there might be a little more here. So you said you've always been interested in it. Was that even from like as a, as a kid or was it a teenager? Like when, when was really oh, the yeah. first time you truly got into this? Well, I mean, really, as as long as I can remember, but when I was a baby, I'd say maybe 18 months old, uh, I was talking to ghosts. My dad had a job as a night watchman in a huge, like, WPA, 1930s era high school here in Kansas City, 
And uh, my mom was an x-ray tech, so she worked nights. And so my dad would take me in my crib and go roam the halls of this huge school at night. And he said that he, when he was a college student, so he would take his books along and study. And he said, I would stand up in my crib and babble and talk to people. And one night I said, hi, Mr. Man, and was just talking very happily to something he couldn't see. And then later I was seeing ghosts about the age of 10. My cousins bought this very, very haunted house in Kansas City. And uh, I was seeing ghosts there. And I was always interested in it. You know, remember the little scholastic weekly reader book catalogs you could order the books from in elementary school. I was ordering books on ghosts and UFOs and monsters and cryptids and all those things. But I was also considered really weird. The other girls in my class just thought I was just too bizarre um, because I was interested in all of these things. So more or less, I took those interests underground. But yeah, I'd always been into it. And, you know, it's interesting. You said that you were raised, you know, kind of this agnostic slash atheist type of background. And, um, you know, I was raised Unitarian and then uh, Unity and not really understanding what it all meant anyway. And then one day I was in my teenage years and the Unitarian minister rode a motorcycle into church to talk about Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance by Robert Persick, which is an awesome book. It's not about motorcycles and it's not really about Zen, but somewhere in between. And, but he was talking about the concept of Zen and Buddhism and reincarnation. All of a sudden it's like a light bulb went off. And everything made sense, whereas Christianity didn't really make sense to me. And so I identified for a really long time as a Buddhist. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, I'm Unity, which was also founded here in Kansas City. But yeah, the, the religious aspect is a big part of it, but not all of it. Because, you know, the energy that we respond to and the energy that goes through our bodies and well actually creates everything we see around us is what I consider God. Mm -hmm. Although I might not call it that, but I would say that's probably more accurately descriptive of my spiritual journey is energy. Cool. If that, I hope that makes sense. Well, it, it does. And, and, We'll, because I want to take this to the health side, right? But I appreciate, first of all, just your transparency, because right, yeah, it is a hard thing to talk about. It's not well received by everyone. And for me, I, I don't talk, this is a health show. Like, this is something I almost never share, right. but I'm, I'm happy to do it because I appreciate your courage with it. I, again, I wasn't into it when I was younger, but the things that I experienced and then the things that I started studying, I mean, everything that you listed off, um, admittedly, still gets several hours of my week dedicated to, I mean, legitimate study of this, trying to figure this out. Um, again, I don't talk about that much. The people close to me know, but I know just enough now to know that some of this is real. But then the question for me becomes, and I think this is this elusive question that lingers for most of us, no matter how long we're in this, because I almost believe that we can't ever fully figure it out while we're here. That's kind of the point. You might get closer, but I've, I, everyone, especially actually the people that are in your position that have studied it for longer and been involved in it longer, I find that you guys are the ones that, yes, you might have a label or two, but you guys are usually typically the first people to say, well, this is what I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I feel pretty good about this because it's 
a continuously right. humbling experience studying this stuff where like you think one thing one week and then the next week you're like, oh, well, that disproved that. Um, and so it's it's wacky. It's fun, though, too. It's exciting, actually, to, to study and try to realize what it is. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's, uh, you know, kind of a mental exercise. But yeah, and I don't think any of us really has a beat on what the truth is. We have our, our ideas. But I also know that my thoughts create a reality. Everyone's thoughts create their reality. And so just keeping on the, the purest form of thought is is most essential and bringing it back to the health, mm-hmm. because this is a health show, of course. Um, I feel like that has to do with our bodies as well. And my chapter in The Gap is all about that, how, um, you know, the beliefs that we're brought up with, the reactions that we witness as we're, we're growing up from our family of origin, the thoughts that we have, especially the repeated thoughts, are what affects the body hmm. so that our body becomes in a way uh, a message system that our higher self, the higher consciousness part of us, we, some of us might call it our soul, our higher mind, what have you, but that higher part of us knows what we incarnated for, knows what we came here to learn and experience and grow from. And when we are going off on a tangent that, is not going to be on our highest good, that higher part of us, that that other mind of ours will let us know and just like say, hey, dummy, you need to look at this. Maybe think of it a different way. Maybe your mm-hmm. beliefs about this thing are not where you intend them to be. Are you really wanting to create this? Probably not. So our first line of, of knowledge that something is off is our emotion. So we might, we might feel a negative emotion, sadness, um, grief, shame, guilt, something like that, just to let us know that maybe we're not looking at this in the right way. So of course we have free will because God loves us very much. The source loves us very much and wants us to have free will. So we can change our course of action. We can change the way we think about something. We can change the way we're looking at something. Mm -hmm. Or not. And if we don't, that's fine. But then the knock gets louder. And so when we're continuing in these thought patterns, the patterns of belief, the patterns of reaction that we may have been practicing for decades or just years, then the knock gets a little bit louder. And then our energy system is affected. And what I mean by the energy system, if anyone is curious, is our chakra system. We have a system of seven main principal energy centers within the body. Then there's also minor chakras that are associated with all of our organs, and they report to the seven principal chakras. And in the book, I do break out which each which chakra um, is which and what physical organs that each chakra corresponds to what thoughts and beliefs that each corresponds to as well, hmm. as well as a few instances of disease or physical illness that might correspond to these thoughts and beliefs in this energy. So anyway, our, um, our energy system becomes, begins to be, to be affected by this pattern that we're expressing. 
And then we might feel off. We might begin to have some maybe digestive upset, maybe some coughing, maybe some headaches. We may begin to have some of these, but definitely we're feeling off and we know something's going on. But again, we have free will and we can either change course. We can stay the course. If we choose to stay the course, no harm, no foul, but that knock gets louder. And then over time, we can experience true dis-ease, illness, even injury, if we're not paying attention to what's going on energetically within the body. So, you know, when we have something we're trying to figure it out, figure out for me, it was infertility and digestive issues, which I'm a, I'm now a Reiki master and I've been a Reiki master for a few years, but that's something I picked up along the way was, Mm -hmm. was harnessing the power of Reiki and I see in women primarily the the um, sacral chakra, which governs fertility, reproduction, um, all of these things. Our our um, our sexual drive, our sexual organs, and then the solar plexus chakra, which controls digestion. And so I see these two things primarily in women that are out of whack, just because of how we tend to function in society. So anyway, um, for that reason, I do see that the physical structures, they correspond to the emotional structures and the background, the emotional background that we have, the belief structures and the beliefs Mm -hmm. background that we have. And in the book, I drew a a little diagram. So the diagram is of a mountain. Now, I used to live in Switzerland. We have lots of tunnels through our mountains in Switzerland because, you know, pretty much have to. Anyway, so I see an illness or disease as a mountain. We're trying to dig a tunnel through. So what we hope to do is meet in the middle. We're drilling through on one on one side with all of the physical things that we would do for health, scans and treatments and medicines and physical therapy and all of those things. But on the other side, we must address the energy and the emotion that created the illness or disease in the first place. So again, the illness or disease is the mountain. On one side, we need to attack it from um, the physical perspective. I, I never tell anybody don't see a doctor or don't believe doctors or don't believe medicine. I think it's necessary and it's useful. But we also have to address what's creating the issue. And hopefully we'll meet there in the middle. Because for only doing the physical things, the tests, the... Uh, medicines, the scans, the physical therapies, the surgery, if necessary. If we're only addressing it that way, we're going to achieve some results. However, they may not be lasting because we are creating them as we go with our thoughts and beliefs. Hey there, friends. Just wanted to share with you an awesome event that we have coming up. If you've been listening regularly, you might know about our Health Space Unmasked events. What that is is a deep dive for two hours. It's usually Reed Davis, the founder of FDN, featuring a special guest who is an expert in their particular topic or topics in the functional medicine space. And we have a fan favorite. You probably know this guy. You might follow him. His name's Ben Azadi. It's going down December 3rd, 2022 from 8.30 a.m. PST to 
to 10.30 a.m. And for those on the East Coast, that is 11.30 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. The topic is tapping into the innate intelligence with ketosis. Ben Azadi is a keto expert. He's a personal friend of mine at this point. I've seen him lecture many times at conferences that we're at for FDN that he's also at. Um, he is an FDN himself, if you didn't know that about him. So that's kind of cool. And then when he talks... This guy also has the gift of being a speaker in addition to an educator. And of course, it's perfectly okay to hear from educators. I hear from them all the time. But it is a very special thing when someone can combine education with speaking ability. His stuff is just content that you remember. It's stuff that you want to hear about. And the best part is these events are completely free. So you get to hang out with like 100 plus other nerds on a Saturday morning and get to really learn about some great topics. How you can sign up for this is go to fdntraining.com slash unmasked. That's fdntraining.com slash unmasked. And of course, I will have that in the show notes for you. All right, now back to today's episode. I appreciate your objectivity like greatly with that. And I mean this because I've talked to a lot of people who, um, I mean, no one's exactly the same, but you know what I mean? Like they're into similar stuff. You could put them in a, a similar category to someone like you and they, they won't acknowledge some of the physical sometimes. But to me, this seems silly because if I ask these people, well, okay, so I'm a spirit having a human experience, right? They say, yes. I'm like, so am I going to live forever on this earth? Oh no, no, no. You live forever somewhere else. I said, Okay, so I still have a physical body that needs to be taken care of in this world, right? Like your spirituality <laughs> cannot prevent me from being shot and dying. Like I'm still going to this physically, I'm going to die. But that, and I can buy into that, right? I actually do believe that at this point that there is something separate from my physical body. But I just think it's common sense that the bottom line is we are still in this physical 3D world that um, some would say we've been subjected to. Others would say we had the privilege of being able to enjoy to actually learn something. I think it's a mix of both, right? It's a pretty intense reality for sure when you think about it. Um, but my point is, it's like, okay, clearly there's a physical aspect. And then I think it's equally as ignorant at this point in my life to ignore what you're talking about, which is this entirely different side of the human being that, yeah, if we don't get that stuff resolved, um, and we see this sometimes, Christy, I see people that have done every single lab test imaginable. They are the most regimen people you can imagine. They'll spend all the money. They'll do the supplements. They'll do the diet. They'll go to bed on time. And yeah, do they get better? Sure. But do they always have that lingering, that stuck aspect? Yes. And in fact, I was kind of one of those people where, okay, cool. I got myself to that 80, 90%. But until I learned, and I'm still probably in this process to be clear, but until I learned to let go of certain things and forgive myself and others for certain things, um, that 10% was pretty damn hard to, to get rid of. Right. And once I opened up, it's like all of a sudden I can eat foods that I was sensitive to again, and I can get away with getting a little less sleep when I had to be so damn regimen before. It's kind of amazing how, when we address that, the physical stuff can actually become less strict. Have you found that to be a common theme for people? Oh, absolutely. Because when we are looking at, well, first of all, we need to get to a better state of health so that we can continue improving. But you know, we also need to be in a, a good mind frame. And when we are healing and we're getting like we're feeling better, it's easier to stay in a positive mindset because the mind body connection is so freaking strong that we, you know, it just like keeps snowballing and building on it. So, yeah, when you're doing all of the things and you're seeing some results, but still not quite there, it's important to keep up with it. And we have to address the energetic and the emotional aspects that contributed to creating this illness or disease, mm -hmm. because if we don't, we're just 
creating it as we're going along. And no matter of supplements, no matter of no uh, amount of sleep, no amount of, of anything is going to completely resolve it because we're still creating it as we go along. So, right. you know, if somebody has, for example, diabetes, they would be remiss not to be taking insulin, but also addressing where they're lacking sweetness in their life, hmm. right? And how they may be re- just resisting sweetness in their life. But we've got, if we don't have a physical body that's healthy, we're not going to have the energy to address the emotional and energetic things we need to address. So yeah, yeah. I, I really feel like that needs to go together. So there is definitely <laughs> never- a place for the medical yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, because I still have to do all the things that I, I mean, I choose to do with the FDN and the labs and all these things. But I also noticed too, when I got into like the last year, I've been very lucky enough to have a wonderful partner in a super healthy relationship. Um, and sometimes to be clear, it was very much my fault that the relationship was unhealthy. But I, I could make an argument that this is like probably the first healthy, intimate relationship I've ever had in my life. And it was amazing yeah. the benefit that that had on me physically, psychologically, uh, mentally, um, which could go with the psychological. And it it became obvious that, oh yeah, I can cheat on the diet a little bit. I can stay up a little later. And these are things that normally would have just wiped me out immediately led to a like breakouts. Acne was part of my story immediately would have led to that. And it's like, how am I getting away with this? Well, I think through, I think there's two things. One, the fact that I was even capable of having a healthy relationship implied that I had done some healing that was really useful before that. But then the healthy relationship is healing in and of itself uh, for both her and I uh, for things that we maybe we don't even realize uh, need healing. So it's kind of beautiful because that's a, I think it's a relatable example for most people because we think about the opposite, a toxic relationship. It destroys us. You get headaches all the time. You feel sick, you feel depressed. So why if that, if a negative relationship can do that, why would the opposite not bring an abundance of good health, right? And that's purely energy. That has nothing to do with eating food or going to bed on time. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're feeling good. Well, and there yeah. has to be something said about the the the, the hormones that are going through your body <laughs> yes. as you're feeling good, because you know when we're happy, we're releasing certain hormones into the bloodstream that keep us feeling happy. And when we are in shock or trauma, then we have other hormones that race through the body that keep us feeling shocked or in trauma. So it's it, it does. It all goes together, doesn't it? It's fascinating. Yes. Yeah. 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 Relating this to um, your health struggles and stuff, because I know that I appreciate you actually doing that organically in your story, but you mentioned the things with fertility and then um, how, you know, the certain chakras could be associated with that. And you notice that now I'm doing the Reiki. So just to be clear, when you had these health issues, because I don't, it doesn't sound like you were doing the Reiki at the time. um, What were the first things like objective action steps, I should say, that were leading to the positive uh, results for you. Because from your bio, I now know, obviously, um, the fertility thing did end up getting resolved. So uh, what ended up leading to that resolution for you? Actually, the fertility thing did not get resolved. I adopted a beautiful daughter. Okay, well, then go figure. (laughs) (laughs) who is meant to be mine. But you know what? Through all of the work that I've been doing, and yeah, you are absolutely right. I was not a Reiki master or a hypnotherapist during that journey at all. So that was like pretty early on before I really even started having the the full awakening. I kind of call my awakening a slow roll, but that was a long time ago. I wish I knew 
then what I knew, what I know now, but things like, um, you know, after I really started taking a deeper dive into all of this, I resolved, you know, my, my childhood trauma, my digestion is so much better. I can't even tell you how much better that is. Um, and yes, did I see specialists and get scans and things like that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and being a Reiki master, I do feel like I have a little bit of a cheat on my side. I'm a little bit of a ringer because honestly, when you practice Reiki or any form of energy healing, you're getting it as well as transmitting it. So every client I see, I am getting healing along with transferring healing to the client. So I have a little bit of an edge, but still I've got to do my work. I've, I mean, it's a daily thing. I've got to do my work, say my affirmations, talk to my vision of God and what that means. And I've got to do my meditation and I've got to, you know, get my mindset on right. So it's a, it's a continual process, I have to say. So it's not something, it's like you clean your house once and, you know, like six months later, you got to clean it again, or, you know, maybe every week you've got to keep it clean. But it's one of these things that you, we, we really have to keep up on, right? Along okay. with our diet and everything, right? So we can't yeah. just get clean in our eating for one month and then forget it for 10 years. But it's something that we continually have to come back to. Right. Well, and first, I want to say on a side note, I should not have assumed that everything worked out. So thank you for responding to something that I shouldn't have assumed and was actually could be a sensitive thing, just lightheartedly and positively. I appreciate that. Seriously. So that's my bad. Um, I also want to talk about Reiki specifically. You're one of those people where I like it to flow naturally if I can, but you have so many parts that I just, I got to know more about the specific thing. So I'm almost jumping my questions. Reiki is the next question for me because I've had Reiki performed on me, if if you will, uh, three times. Uh, One of the times I did not feel anything. Two out of the three times though, it was unbelievably obvious that something what was happening uh, was something was happening. And for those listening, the way I can describe it is I was uh, with this woman named Sharon. She had um, she, she had me lay on a table and she it was like a friend. So she's like, hey, I'm just learning this stuff. I'm still getting better. Like it's free. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll give it a try. And I probably laid in there for about 60 minutes. Well, Christy, maybe 45, 50 minutes in. It was pretty late into the session. I haven't felt anything, but I'm super relaxed. I've been laying down, eyes closed. They got the good music playing in the background. So I'm not thinking about anything, whatever. It was free. I have no worries in the world. And then I feel an overwhelming, not in a bad way, just so strong and obvious feeling of warmth in my feet to the point where at first it tricked me. And then it got to the point where like it woke me up almost out of my um, relaxed state. And I look up and sure enough, she is right at my feet, not touching them physically, right? But right outside of them with her hands and exactly where she had her hands is exactly where I was feeling the heat. And I was, I was just left in awe by this. I was amazed by the fact that We're so far into the session. There's no way this could be a placebo. I've lost track of where she is in the room. I'm barely even uh, conscious. And then I snap out of it and and see her, feel her right there. So I know there's something to this. So in your definition, what is is Reiki doing? And why does this lead to people having these sometimes incredible stories of healing? Because I've seen this. I've heard people report that their cancer got cured because of going to a Reiki master. So what does this do for people? Well, I've seen remarkable things happen in my sessions as well. Remarkable healings and not even just physical healings, but even emotional healings. People feel like their grief lift. People feel their stress and their anxiety just lift. So what's going on with Reiki? Reiki 
is a Japanese word and it means universal life force energy. Qi, we've all heard of as chi, because chi is the Chinese word, qi is the Japanese word. Reiki is universal life force energy, and it originates in Japan. At least this form of flowing energy originates in Japan with a fellow named Mikao Usui. And he went and meditated for 21 days on health and healing, and he received this Reiki energy. Anyway, and then started teaching people how to harness it. So this is the energy that's going through life all the time, all the time. We were not even aware of it. But when you get attuned to the Reiki energy, when you first start with Reiki 1, then Reiki 2, then Reiki 3, and then Reiki Master, when you get attuned to each step, then you can harness more of this energy. And I know it sounds really woo-woo, but it works, as you can attest. So what happens is... In a Reiki session, the practitioner opens up their channels for this Reiki energy and then flows it through the practitioner. So we're not actually doing anything. We're not doing healing. We're allowing that energy to come through. And this is something that parents know very, very naturally. When one of our children is not feeling well, what do we do? We pat them on the back. We rub their tummy. We pat them on the arm. But even on ourselves, if I have a headache, what do I do? I put my hands to my temples. Oh, my gosh, I've got a headache. Stomach ache. We put our hands on ourselves. So we do this naturally because we know that that energy transfer is helpful and healing. But when we're talking about Reiki, then that's even more universal. And then all I'm doing as a Reiki professional is to allow that energy to flow through me into the client. And that's what Sharon was doing on you, Evan, is just allowing that energy to flow through. Now, Reiki energy is very intelligent and it knows where it needs to go. It finds the things that are blocks uh, that are blocked, works through them to resolve those blocks. It finds the places that are, the energy is low or insufficient and evens that out it, anywhere that it's overactive because we can have overactive energy as well then it will go through and just reset things. The body can heal itself if we just let it. And that's what Reiki energy does. It allows the energy to flow through the body and intelligently reset it to where it can heal itself. I hope that makes sense, right? But And then we do feel it like as a receiver as well. But even if you don't feel it, that's fine. It's not necessary to feel anything during a Reiki session to receive benefits. Yeah. Well, what's interesting looking back is I remember one of the reasons I had even humored this because I was admittedly like a little skeptical, but I also had a lot of free time at that uh, specific time of my life because I had just broken my foot recently. And I actually went into her office on crutches. So it is interesting to me uh, looking back that the place I felt it was the feet when I had a broken foot on the right side that desperately needed some healing. It wasn't doing so well. I mean, again, I'm going on crutches just to get into the place. So that's fascinating looking back. The first time she had done it on me, I I can't be sure if I needed any healing here per se, but they were, they had like 10 of us. It was like a group thing. It was very interesting. There was like 10 of us all seated in chairs. Everyone has their eyes closed and there's multiple practitioners walking around. And I remember two at once, uh, one was on like either side of my head. They had their hands outside my forehead. And now to be clear, I was aware 
they, it, when you're sitting up and you're in a room, it's more obvious, of course, where people are standing. You have like an idea, even if your eyes are closed. Um, Sharon, at that time when I was laying down, I had no idea where she was at in that room. I was pretty far in a, a trance of sorts. But the forehead, when I knew that they were coming to me, I, I can't say that it wasn't placebo then, but having given or given this other experience that I had, I don't think it was. I just remember Christy seeing these brilliant, uh, mostly white, but brilliant lights um, just flash across my forehead. It was beautiful. It was cool. There wasn't any images. It wasn't a picture of anything, but it was like m- normally my um, my mind is – I'm not the one who, someone who really sees pictures. I kind of can, but I actually see like numbers and letters more. I could – when we're talking here, I could actually almost – just like a black screen that a programmer would use and then they type in the information. I can kind of see the letters go across for the words of, that you and I are saying. But I can't even see like my own office at my apartment if I was not there for a week. It's like pretty hard for me to see that. And so when I start seeing colors and white lights and all these things – it's almost impossible for me to believe it was a placebo because I can't see that normally. You know, that's just not how it is. So I thought I don't have any comments for that. It's just, I thought it was another fascinating experience. It was just wonderful to feel. It felt good. It felt loving. Yeah. All kinds of things can happen on the table. (laughs) So the, (laughs) the way that I work is a little bit different and every person who practices Reiki practices it differently, but I bring in guides I bring in their their spiritual guides, but there's always loved ones who want to show up as well. And so I'll tell the client, oh, you've got your your mom here. You've got your grandma here. You've got an ancestor here. I don't know who they are, but they're showing up and they're helping. Um, sometimes um, some of these guides will help with the healing as well. And so someone will say, wait a minute, I know you're at my head because I feel your hands on my head but there's somebody at my feet. It's like, oh yeah, that's Archangel Shamuel. Don't worry about it. And (laughs) so many, many things can happen. Symbols can come up. Memories can come up. Emotions can come up. All kinds of things. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, transitioning again, kind of rough transitions, but just because this one was fascinating to me. I saw the quantum healing hypnosis technique and the fact that this needs to be done in person for those listening. So just something to keep in mind. But what what the heck is is that and how does that work? Because this is of interest to me for sure. <laughs> it is the most amazing thing. I tell you, it is crazy. So quantum healing hypnosis technique, of, work, of course, it works on the quantum level, which means the energy and the thoughts. But it also works with our higher self. So in a QHHT session, um, it's about, well, the whole session is about six hours. We spend a lot of time deep diving into the client's life who are the most important people? What are the most important events in their life? What are their health concerns? Because we receive healing with QHHT. All of the things that go into making you, you. And then the session itself is about two hours, give or take. The first portion of that, we're going to other lifetimes that have a direct relevance on the current lifetime. So we can actually carry over, since we're talking about health, we can carry over health concerns from another lifetime that we didn't resolve, either through a traumatic death or lessons that we wanted to see through, but that we didn't for whatever reason, that will show up in the current life. So we want to go to other lifetimes, and that could be past. Many times it is. Could be future life. Could be between lives. Could be a concurrent life, which is really crazy to even think about. But because all time is happening now, 
it can be literally any lifetime that has bearing on the current lifetime. So first of all, we go to whatever lifetime we're still dealing with in the current life. Then we switch over to talk to the client's higher self, their higher consciousness, right? Their soul. We, there's many names we can call this. We're going right to the source of all of the information. So when we pull in, we call it the SC or the subconscious, which is not the most accurate term, but that's just what QHHT practitioners call it. It's the higher self. So we call in the SC and ask, first of all, well, you could have shown this person, you could have shown Evan any lifetime out of hundreds. Why did you pick that? So we find out more what that has to do with the current life. Then the client gets to bring about 10 or 12 questions, what they would ask your higher self. So like, what would you ask your higher self if you could ask anything? So we'll ask those questions. People usually ask about their life path, their relationships, next steps, their career, that type of thing. But health is a major component as well. And many people will come in because they want physical healing. So part of the session, when we're talking with the subconscious, I ask that higher self to look through the physical body and tell me about anything that needs to be resolved. What needs to be healed? What is blocking this person? What can we understand about this accident they had and why they got injured the way they did? So then here, direct from the source, what is being held in the body? And then I simply ask, well, would it be in his highest and best good to have this healed? 99.9 times the higher self says, sure, it can be healed. And then they go about doing it. Um, Sometimes they will say, we can try. And whenever they say we can try, I know it's going to be done. And then I always want to ask, well, that's wonderful. How's it being done? What's happening here? So sometimes they will show a client a a scenario from their life, what may have caused it. For example, in the book, I talk about this case. I had a woman come in with allergies, severe allergies to just about everything year round. It didn't matter what season. Well, her higher self took her back to when she was a kid. She was the only girl in a family of five older brothers. And so six six children total. And her higher self said, well, she feels that nobody listened to her that nobody paid attention to her. Nobody wanted to hear what she had to say. We're here to tell her that they love her. They adore her and showed her several scenarios from her life where her family really did listen to her and treasured what she had to say. And like I'd say about 80% of her allergies got resolved from that. She's still working on the other 20%, but most of her allergies got resolved just from that. It's amazing, Mm -hmm. which I will say that allergies are a throat chakra issue, which has to do with communication and being heard but that's me geeking out. And so, so we can receive healing through this. And then I always want to ask the higher self too, well, what else do we not ask? What else does this client need to know that we haven't even addressed yet? And we receive so much from these sessions. It's amazing. I've seen remarkable physical healings, um, most dramatically cancer. A woman came in, she had seen two different specialists and just to get a confirmation, she wanted to have a second opinion, right? So both said, yes, there is cancer. And I can't remember if it was ovarian or uterine or cervical. It was something like that. And then after the session, she went back uh, to her doctors and they said, well, I don't know what happened, but it's no longer there. Wow. And then I've also seen ulcerative colitis get healed um, I don't. I can't really say healed. 
I've, I've seen it resolved. Shoulder pain, hip pain, gut pain, many, many things just, just resolved. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, and you kind of led into my next point because I wanted to ask about these, this testimonials, because I know there's probably incredible stories and I, I've had some hesitancy about asking the next question I want to ask, but I, I want to ask it because I think if someone listened this far into the podcast, they are probably open to what we're talking about. And you'll understand what I'm getting at because it's not a question I can start off with if they think it's just a normal health podcast. So I told you, I've studied this quite in depth. Um, I have plenty to freaking learn. Don't get me wrong. But you know, I, I dive into it. And the interesting part about coming at all of this from an atheist perspective is I don't have any known or particularly strong biases towards any particular religion or religious beliefs or of any kind. Like, I just know, okay, something's real. Like, what, what could this possibly be? And one of the things, because I, this has happened to my friends. I've seen this. So I'm, I'm curious for those out there before they start messing with it. It sounds like it's going very well for you. So I'd want them to approach this in a proper way. I think you know mm -hmm. what I mean when I say sometimes people get into this stuff and they are working with something and the outcomes are not always as beautiful as the ones that you're talking about. Um, to the degree that we can uh, keep this appropriate for a health podcast, I, I feel like you probably know what I mean. So if you do, why is it that sometimes people have these really not so great experiences with working with whatever we'll refer to them as the higher beings uh, versus others? Mm -hmm. I have heard these too, where there's miraculous healings and everything about it was wonderful. Do you you know what I mean? And, and why do you think that's happening? I do. Okay. I don't, I honestly, I don't see that very often with QHHT, okay. but I know it does happen. I've heard from many people that this happened. <clears throat> okay. A couple of things. First of all, I believe that all healing is faith healing. All healing is faith healing. If you have faith that the surgery is going to help you, it's probably going to help you. If you have faith that this medicine is going to help you, it's probably going to help you. If you have faith that QHHT is going to help you resolve these things, it's probably going to help you resolve these things, right? So I believe that, all, that healing is faith healing. We must believe in the process. Another thing is that, um, you know, sometimes we hold on so strongly to our illness or disease as a way of identifying with it. And this may be very difficult for some to really even process, but sometimes so we don't want to let go of the story of being sick. Sometimes mm -hmm. we're not really ready to let go. We think we are, but it's like, who would I be if I did not devote all of this time to my illness? So there is that. Occasionally, and very rarely will, even in QHHT, the subconscious might say, it's not time for their healing. They need to experience more of this for whatever reason, be it karmic, be it a lesson that they just were not getting, or who knows what else. But for whatever reason, it might not be appropriate at that time. So I always hmm. do ask the SC, the subconscious, would it be in the client's highest and best good to have this resolved? Interesting. Okay. And like I said, most of the time they say yes, or at very least we'll try. But there's an occasion where they will say, no, the client needs to experience this more. And there's also the fact that occasionally 
Our illness is not for us. It could be for someone else. And let me explain that. This could be a contractual, a karmic, a karmically contractual condition between a person and perhaps their mother, a spouse, or a sibling to where they needed to have this experience together. And I do hope that makes sense. So it's not necessarily just for the client. It could be for someone else's growth, learning, or healing as well. Yeah. Uh, First of all, just there's some fantastic answers that you've given. So I appreciate this. I hope that there are people listening that have this um, area of study, at least somewhat under their belt, in addition to the health, because this this is refreshing. I'll I'll put it that way. Um, It's not dogmatic. It's open-minded. I just, I really respect it and love it. And that does make sense what you said at the end. I do believe that there are many things that happened. Yeah, because it's not just one person. You're not here on an island. You're here with a bunch of other human beings at this time. And everything that we do, that butterfly affecting, right, has some impact on on the world. So I, I definitely believe in that. The one other question I want to ask about this, because in all the reasons listed, which I think are very valid, um, the one thing I didn't hear, and it could be because it's not true. So I want to know these entities that are being communicated with that are helping out or saying, Hey, this person needs it longer. Um, do you believe that it is ever possible? Just like there are great human beings and human beings that do some not so great things. Do you believe that some of the entities do not actually have the best intentions or is that not your understanding of the subject? That's not by, that's not been my experience, not with what we're contacting through QHHT okay. and not what I'm reaching through, through even opening myself up through the Reiki. And I, I'm also a medium and I do, you know, angel communication and spirit guide communication. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to protect ourselves so that those can't come in during a session. So okay. no, I don't believe that happens. Okay. Got it. But that, so you do believe it exists, but you believe there's ways to protect from it. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. All right, thank you. That makes a little more sense. Awesome. Wow. Right, what a right, right. cool chat. Um, definitely different. Uh, we've done almost 200 episodes and this is, it's fun. It, it's Christy, it's taking everything in my power to not go completely off the rails with this because I got to keep it where well, I'm in my job, right? I got to keep this on health, but man, you and I could probably uh, talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, but I want to bring it in here and wrap it up to some degree. Where can people find you and what is it? Because we've talked about a lot of different things. Some are in person. Some things I believe are probably not necessarily needed to be done in person. So uh, let's be concise. What do you offer and where can people find you for those things if they're interested? Thank you so much for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my website is radiatewellnesscommunity.com, but it's not just mine. There are two other practitioners with Radiate Wellness. And there is Kathy Lesmeister. I can put a shout out. She's an energy worker extraordinaire. She, I do Reiki only, and she does like all of the other stuff. She's amazing. And then there's also Mary Jane Stoderman, who's based in Geneva, Switzerland. She does astrology and tarot. She's been my astrologer ever since I was a kid. And so the three of us are Radiate Wellness. And so radiatewellnesscommunity.com. So personally, I offer readings, Reiki and regression, but Radiate Wellness as a whole offers so much more. I also want to put a shout out for our podcast, the Radiate Wellness, oh, sure. com, the Radiate Wellness Podcast, which Reed Davis has been a guest on or will nice. be in a couple of weeks after we record this. But yeah, Reed Davis, uh, no, actually it was a couple of weeks ago, 
has been on the podcast. So that's available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded as well as on YouTube. <laughs> and then, um, yes, most of our sessions can be done online virtually, even over the phone, except for QHHT. That's the only thing that must be done in person in my office in Prairie Village, Kansas. Awesome. All right. Now the signature question, and by the way, guys, as just in case, I always have to say this in, in case it's first uh, time listening. Obviously, we'll have this all in the show notes, so you guys don't have to memorize all of it or click rewind. You can check out the links below. Uh, but with all this said, I want to finish up today by asking you the signature question that we have on the Health Detective Podcast. And this one's going to be interesting for someone like you. I'm not sure. I, I can't predict the answer at all. The question is, if I could give you, Christy, a magic wand, and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's you actually get them to start doing one thing, or maybe you get them to stop doing one thing. What is the one thing that you would get them to do for their health? I'm having a hard time choosing between resolve your trauma and forgiveness. So, but I'd, I'd probably say forgiveness because that would resolve a lot of trauma. <laughs> I was about to, to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So practice forgiveness and it doesn't matter what they did, who they are, whether they're living or deceased. Forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. Resolve it and just let go. Let go. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today and just bringing me such an interesting topic. This is a, I love hosting anyone, but I admit this is a wonderful, fresh thing that I didn't even fully expect. I read your bio, but I didn't know how deep this went. Um, you're definitely my type of person. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been fun. We'll yeah. have to do this again sometime. Yes. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode with Christy Clemens. I know this was a little different, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. And you know we always appreciate your feedback one way or another. I'm constantly trying to provide content that I believe or know that you guys will enjoy. And so I even said recently we will be doing a lot more episodes. I have some cool things that are being recorded as we speak. Well, not literally because I need to be recording them, but they're being recorded very soon after this <laughs> where people are coming on and analyzing live lab results because you guys seem to love those episodes that we did with Ryan Monahan uh, regarding the thyroid markers. So we will have more of those coming in soon with completely different labs. But if you liked this or did not like this, just let me know. Uh, two ways you can do that. You can leave me a comment on Podbean, which would be a public thing. So you just search for the Health Detective Podcast on Podbean. Another way to do this is simply going to our Instagram at FDN training and just shoot us a message. Say, hey, Ev, you know what? I really like this episode or hey, Ev, um, you know, I don't really think I'd want content like that in the future. I'd more like XYZ type of content. Totally fine. Now, with that said, I hope that you guys have a great week. I hope that you're planning for the rest of your year here. We're almost done 2022. It flew by. I feel like the last few years have. And so this is the time to kind of restore, get prepared and get planning for the next year. The January and February season in the world of functional medicine and healthcare is a great time to be in those industries. I will tell you that. There is something to the New Year's resolution thing. There is something to just a new year people want to start over um, or engage in new habits. The holidays are done. There's no more distractions. There's very few excuses that can be made. Uh, people are ready, man. And they're usually feeling pretty crappy by this time, depending on where they live, because they're light window might only be like 10 hours each day, right? So they're not feeling good because of that. They've been eating like crap all winter and now they want to feel better. 
and you can be that solution for them. So I hope that you're prepared and I hope that you're planning for it because every single year, all of us see an influx in clients around the January time. With that said, again, have a great week and I will look forward to talking to you guys again soon.